Welcome to the Garbage Pod. One pod, one load of garbage. 29 and 28. Remanded in custody. There's something curious about this broadcast. Hello everybody and welcome to this special edition of The Garbage Pod. I'm your host Mark Taylor and the reason this episode is so special is because you join me on an occasion that is almost like a holiday for podcasters all over the world where we get recognised for all the hours we put into creating content, editing and bonding with our listeners. I am talking of course about International Podcast Day. So what exactly is International Podcast Day? Well, have a listen to this. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts. The Garbage Pod has been part of International Podcast Day since its conception. In fact, Dave Lee, who is one of the founders of International Podcast Day, is a good friend of the show and has appeared on the podcast on a number of occasions. And I had the pleasure of catching up with Dave on the run-up to the inaugural International Podcast Day, which you can listen to the interview on the show notes for this episode. Dave and his father Steve came up with International Podcast Day back in 2014 and have hosted a live stream every year since. Here's Dave and Steve from last year's live stream introducing us to the event. Welcome everybody. Happy International Podcast Day. I do want to encourage everybody out there, go out there and use hashtag International Podcast Day. Connect with the community, connect with the other audio enthusiasts that are out there. Thank your podcasters, thank your podcast networks, go leave ratings and reviews, whatever you want to do to celebrate International Podcast Day. Make sure you use that hashtag. I just want people to remember that as groups, we are powerful, we can move things, but it's also important to keep in light of really what we're doing with podcasting. And each of us has different goals, but in all said, and I think you have coined it over the years and people use it a lot now, and that is the power of podcasts. International Podcast Day is really not about us producing and providing. It's what the communities are doing. And there are amazing things going on with International Podcast Day, whether it's a meetup, whether, you know, people are just having coffee with uh, maybe some members of their listening community. Uh, There's so many neat things that it is so vast anymore, we can't even document it. It just became an overwhelming task. We used to. We used to list them and post them and, um, you know, give them some uh, social media love when those things are happening. But there's too much of it now. Over the last couple of years, you know, because of being mentioned on like Good Morning America, uh, Fox News, uh, Apple, NASA. ESPN, we can go on down the list. It has really become something very special that I think we should not only just capture, but be proud of as a community. 
that collectively we're doing this thing without much organization. It's just taken on a life of its own. Yeah, I think, Steve, when uh, 2014 first came along and we had this concept of, you know, National Podcast Day, which eventually turned into International Podcast Day, it was not something that you and I thought was going to go as global as it was. I've always made this joke and I made this um, note on a podcast that I was guesting on yesterday, like the next big step is galactic podcast day like podcasting from space you know like somebody's podcasting from the moon or from the international space station that's where we need to go next but it is absolutely incredible to to see the range and what the international podcast community has really done because they have fully steve embraced this movement and that's exactly what it is it's a movement it's a day of celebration and you know, we have our own small little part with creating it, but it really has been the community, people that are tuning in right now, those that are just now learning. And Steve, you're exactly right. We've seen live session after live session after live broadcast after live broadcast, you know, dating a week back, you know, as early as celebrating podcast day. Now we're seeing a lot of individuals doing pub crawls and meetups and podcast listening parties. I've never seen more newsletters go out that, hey, it's International Podcast Day. And so, yeah, there's just a host of events. And like you said, Steve, you and I used to be able to keep up and put them on our website, you know, every everywhere from Poland to the Czech Republic to Japan. So it's out there. People are doing their own things. Too much to keep up on. But, you know, whatever circle and whatever community you're working in, this is the place you want to be. And International Podcast Day is exactly that date. So here's the thing. Although it might be difficult uh, this time of year with some of the things going on. But in the past, there is no doubt we have trended number one on every platform on this day. Bar none. It's been an exclusive, exciting thing. And let's do it again this year because um, it's important that we continue to push the word. And it's not necessarily the word from podcaster to podcaster or anything like that. It's about educating and promoting uh, this thing of podcasting t to people that have still never heard about it. And that's still quite a large uh, part of the populace. So, uh, Dave, what are some things that we can do to really advance our word during International Podcast Day? I mean, Steve, the, the list is limitless, right? I mean, it's it's pretty incredible when you when you really start to think about um, what you can do. I mean, you can you you can start simple, and you can um, you know simply start using the hashtag International Podcast Day. You can change your social media graphic uh, to our thing. There is a huge laundry list, Steve. Uh, you, there's a lot of people. They if even right now, it's the day is early. You can host a virtual event, start up a Zoom, start up something on Streamyard, start up you know a Twitter space, do some sort of virtual event. You can start a thread of shouting out to different podcasters. You know what you love about the show. Um, if you are a, a podcaster yourself, you can actually give away prizes, give away merchandise, do some sort of competition on on your show. You can always you know rate and review all of your um, podcasts that you do. We have a number of people that have launched their podcast today or our good friend Mark Asquith from I think eight years ago actually launched his company on podcast day. So that's always cool. Make sure you use podcasters affiliate links. Those are always good. Give them a little kickback for all the work that they're doing there. Um, if there's a, an event in person that's going on, make sure you attend that. One of the cool things I love about Podcast Day, Steve, is that you can learn a new podcasting skill. There's a lot of podcast professionals out there that are willing to help you. You can sign up for workshops, tutorials, whatever it is. If you want to learn 
you know, audio editing, if you want to learn about social media, if you want to learn about marketing, those are all skills that podcasters in those in the industry need to need to learn. I encourage everybody on Podcast Day, Steve, subscribe to a new podcast in a new genre that you've never listened to before. You know, if you're not into a health and wellness show, now's the time. If you're not into true crime, now's the time. If you want to dive into some faith-based podcasts, do that. Whatever you choose to do, you know, find a new podcast in a new genre. Uh, I know a lot of people are creating newsletters now in the, in the podcast industry. Maybe create your own. Invite a special guest on your podcast, you know, and if you're an audio enthusiast, maybe you're just a listener to podcast. Just sit back and relax. Just tune in to the podcast awards, tune in to what's going on on social media. That's, that's always a really cool way. One thing I noticed that a lot of people bring back their pod faded podcasts on podcast day. They're like, hey, you know, it's been eight months since we released. It got too busy. Things got hectic. Now's the day I want to do this. And so, um, as I said, there's plenty of things. You can host a podcast listening party. I know some people, as I mentioned, Twitter spaces, people are doing Instagram live events, which is pretty cool. Hosting, you know, a couple podcasters, sharing their message, having a great conversation there. And uh, awesome thing, curate a podcast playlist that you can share with all your friends, coworkers, and everybody. So there's a lot going on, Steve. There's plenty of ways that you can actually engage and um, just just get in touch with everybody. It's such a phenomenal day. Uh, we appreciate everybody that's tuning in, one, to our live stream here, taking the time. But as you and I say, Steve, the stream is only a fraction of the excitement that's going on today. If you got other things you got to do, we love it. Find your own fun, unique, entertaining way to celebrate today because literally that's what it's all about. I really want to um, basically say from Dave and I and everybody that's really associated with International Podcast Day that throughout the years, we continue to appreciate the community support of what we're trying to do. As podcasters, we typically do things out of passion, out of love and out of respect. And we need to keep those thoughts moving forward. Have a great day and keep promoting what we love. If you have joined us through the International Podcast Day socials, welcome to the Garbage Pod, and I hope you enjoy your time with us. So, who are we? Well, we started off as a magazine-style podcast, bringing light-hearted, unusual news stories to our listeners, and over time, the Garbage Pod has evolved into the People's Podcast because there are many interesting people out there that really deserve recognition. So we try to bring their stories to our listeners. We also have our annual Eurovision show where we try to predict what will do well in the competition. And, well, we usually fail. If you enjoy listening to The Garbage Pod, then why not check out the other podcasts in the TGP family? You can blast off into the podosphere with TGP Nominal, the Garbage Pod's science fact and science fiction based podcast, where you can find out everything you want to know about spaceflight, astronomy, science, technology, and sci fi. Or maybe you fancy a pint. Join us for the Garbage Pod Tap Room, our podcast dedicated to food and drink. Visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for more information. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll head straight into the main part of the show. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of TGP Nominal. 
and its infinite mission to explore space, science, and technology news. To explore the world of sci-fi, comic-con, and gaming. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Welcome back to the Garbage Pod for our International Podcast Day episode. When we record podcast episodes, we quite often go off into a tangent, and some of the conversations have got nothing to do with the topic of the show. However, none of these conversations go to waste, as we keep them in our vault until an appropriate moment raises its head. We have a couple of recordings that felt right to play into this episode. During our Christmas crossover, TGP nominal regular co-host John Berger and friend of the show Will Chung discussed regional accents. Have a listen to this. Well, well, your accent is is quite mild compared with yeah, Geordie, yeah, refined, refined northern accent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's for us, it's normal, isn't it? You know, speaking like this is normal. But when you go to America, they're, they're like fascinated. You know, I remember going to one of my first trips, and I met some um, like Chinese Asian folks, and and they were saying to me, "Never ever met anyone that speaks English, you know, with an English accent." And you know, it's Chinese, and I was like, "It's normal for me," <laughs> you know. What I mean, it's, yeah. but but you forget, don't you? You forget. But I think with films like in England, it's it's I don't know, it's more normalized listening to American accents. It's, we're just like, okay, just instantly, kind of yeah, it's kind of normal. But you put a British person in an American film, they really stand out. You know, you, you kind of think, are they putting it on? Why do they sound so English? You know, but actually, <laughs> it's weird. It's really weird. I, I think that with Scousers sometimes, do they put that on? Because they, they seem to drag it out a lot with the accent. And I'm thinking, I've heard some Scousers that don't drag it out. Is it something on TV that they make it sound more pronounced? So... You know, when when you're pronouncing the K on things in, in with a Scouse accent, it sounds like you you've been hit by an electric strike or something, because um, <laughs> it's like exactly, you know, it's. Uh... Well, I mean, there's, there's a there's a a famous person called Cheryl Cole, who I don't know what her name is nowadays, but uh, she was a singer, and um, I think it was like X Factor or Pop Idol or whatever. She went to America with Simon Cowell to be one of the judges. And then apparently she only lasted a week because the American public couldn't understand her accent. You know, she just from where, where I'm from, Newcastle. But the thing is, is that well, I'm obviously from Newcastle and I've got friends who speak full on Geordie. And we're all convinced that she really makes it more pronounced than anything. Because like, I we, don't, know, we don't speak like, you know, where she, which part of Newcastle she's from? Because it's so strong, you know. I was in, um, where was I? I was in France and I was wearing my Newcastle shirt and uh, it was just the beginning of the football season and a couple of Geordies came up to me and, uh, you know, asked me if I'd seen the results for today's game and um, I couldn't understand a word they were saying. I thought they were German. Um, so I was saying to them, I don't understand German. And they were and in, in German. And, and they were like, oh, sorry, mate. I thought you were English, like. <laughs> yeah. No, you, you, you can get some very... I mean, I was born in Newcastle. My friends, my friends, but, you know, very, very strong accents. 
but the first time I ever went to a football game at Newcastle, I was like quite young. So um, there was a guy next to me, and he was also from Newcastle, but his accent was the strongest I've ever heard in my life that I didn't even understand what he was talking about. You know, <laughs> I'm from here. I was born here. My friends, are, he's like, hey, you already made him. I was like, I'm like, what? He's like, you already that. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was only when he started pointing at his watch, you know? I was like, oh, right, yeah, it's uh, four o'clock, mate. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> so I love Jimmy Carr uh, when he goes on about how to pronounce things with a Geordie accent. <laughs> There's certain words that you can yeah. use. Yeah. Uh, and one of them is poopa scooper. Yeah. And Kawasaki <laughs> and, and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a Warframe streamer out there who I'm friends with, and uh, he's he's got the Geordie accent going on. But it's like, I can understand what he's saying; it's not a problem. But it's for, when I first started watching, I was like, "Wow, this this is something I haven't experienced in a long time." But now I'm used to it, so it doesn't really matter. I know what he's saying. I mean, I know what he was saying before. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it, it's just it doesn't. It's not as striking now as it was originally. I love it when uh, uh, Americans meet someone from Glasgow for the first time. That's hilarious. See, I've I've been such a fan of the Proclaimers and Billy Connolly and Craig Ferguson that it doesn't bother me at all. I, I know what they're saying. Although it's funny when we can always tell when it's usually like someone who is natively from England and they're trying to do an American accent and they don't quite get it one of the one of the biggest giveaways from that perspective is they really really hit that r i i know that our r's are harder than yours but these guys go overboard you know so instead of just a regular r it's like r sounds like they come from cornwall <laughs> Might, yeah you know that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because most, most Americans that probably put on an English accent do more the sort of Cockney, don't they? Oh, yeah. 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 That's usually what they the, tend to go Dick, for. Dick Van Dyke pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. God almighty, I'm an American and that accent even makes my skin crawl. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, when most people, most English people try and put on an American accent, it's norm normally a kind of a southern... <laughs> Southern drawl they try and do. I love it. I love I love the American accent. I love it, man. I used to do a bit of work in Dallas, and uh, we did a bit of touring around the area. But um, I'm not good enough to sort of identify, you know, which part. Of, yeah. You know, you'd be like, oh yeah, from west, east, south, wherever. I, I have mm -hmm. no idea, but I just know that some of the accents, I just like, oh, it's so good. It sounds so good. Um, but it was weird because like I was saying, I was filming with Tom Cruise and I was taught, I had a little, little chat with him, not much. But it's, it's so weird that in England, when he was speaking, he sounds so American. Like, it was weird, like, listening to him. But in the movies, he just sounds normal. You know, I, I can't explain it. You know, it was just, you watch him in the film, it's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. That's his normal voice. And you kind of, you don't even think about it. But when he was here, and obviously we were all talking, you know, speaking English accents, and then he speaks, and it, it just sounds so American. It's, it was re really weird. <laughs> really weird. It was almost like he was faking it, you know? It's like he's just trying to sound more American. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was very odd. Well, I know Hollywood tries to do, like, the mid-Atlantic accent. That, that's what I think most people think of as the traditional American accent. Okay. But we've obviously got plenty of them, you know? The New England has their own, and obviously the South and Texas. 
you know, Minnesota's got their own too. That's actually really kind of cute because this is kind of this mix with uh, American and Canadian. Oh. Uh-huh. So we've, we've got a ton of different accents over here, too. That's why when people say, oh, yeah, British accent, even I'll be like, okay, which one? Yeah, which, yeah, what's that all about? What's that all? Well, that's Canadian more. Well, Minnesota does that, too, but that's mo- a boot is mostly a Canadian thing. <laughs> i tell you, I'll tell you something funny. I had a friend um, come over from Hong Kong for the very first time, and uh, he arrived in Newcastle, hired a car, and he got a bit lost. So he, he stopped the car. He's like, excuse me, can I have some directions? And he goes, I want to go to this place. So the Geordie guy goes, Wait, nay bother, son, you go and do the road right, and then you go ruin the ruin the boots, and then you turn right, and then you you're there. And my, my friend's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> Round the boat? There's a boat? Like, you know, where can I find this boat? Say <laughs> like, ruin the ruin the boot. <laughs> Where's the boat? <laughs> Judaism's like when he, uh, people are going, oh, is it, you know, is it not a happy gadget and uh, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's all these little fun sort of things. Going into tune and all that. Yeah, and, uh, Gan Yem. Yeah. It's like Gan Yem. Gan in here and Gan in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. The accents in America, uh, I have difficulty with. Um, I have a real difficulty trying to do the New York accent. I really do. Really? What, you mean, you mean that Brooklyn kind of accent? Is that the kind of thing you're talking about here? Is that it? Is that what you're talking about? Wow, I did not know that. There used to be a, a, a TV commercial over here for a, a company called Fox's Biscuits. And um, they used to have this panda who was a kind of a mafiosa type guy <laughs> and, uh, and he's going I've got to a stage in my career touch wood and don't say nothing you might regret on a telephone when I can afford to enjoy the finer things in life handmade shoes from Italy furniture from France and from England Fox's biscuits these guys know a thing or two about biscuits look at the craftsmanship well go to your supermarket and say Vinny sent you for the good stuff. It's a wire panda. I know. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> I tell you what, it's clever marketing, eh? Because you're still talking about it now. <laughs> eh? It worked. I guess what I don't understand is, how did they come up with the name Jordy if it's mostly in, like, the, the Newcastle area? Where does the word Jordy come from? Well, they reckon it's potentially to do with back in the day in the war, um, England and Scotland, and the Newcastle people were pro-King George, whereas the areas around, they weren't. So that's one of the theories. It's actually quite difficult to get it absolutely sort of for sure, you know, why it's... Ah, okay. Unless unless Mark has a a better... No, I, I, I think it's something like that because um, I, I went to it, is, it seems to go on a tangent but I went to a, a bar in Spain and it was called Geordie's Bar and I went in there and there was all these Newcastle players posters all over the wall and stuff and I thought it was going to be run by this, this Geordie fellow and it was a, a Spanish guy whose name was Geordie uh, and it, Geordie Geordie is Spanish for George mm. so I'm assuming mm. down that route yes maybe Something to do with King George. Okay, fair. The locals, um, well, our rivals, local rivals, Sunderland, they weren't pro-King George. So that was quite a big thing, you know, to differentiate. The Mackhams. Yeah, the Mackhams. So, um, yeah, so if, you, so if you Google it, I think that's pretty much what comes up. It's, you know, the whole King George loyalty thing. Mm. Okay, fair. 
Yeah, you've got the three people of that area. You've got the Geordies, the Mackums, and the Smoggies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Smoggies are people from, if I'm if I'm right, in Middlesbrough, mm-hmm. that that neck of the woods. I tell you what's just come up, literally on my timeline. Um, apparently, Sunderland has been voted the most miserable miserable place to live in England. It doesn't surprise me because I've never known a, a city or a town with as many food banks as I've got there. And yeah, it's it's a rough place to live. So there are some nice areas of Sunderland, don't get me wrong, but it is quite a rough place to be. Wow, one of the regulars on my stream is from Sunderland and his, his name actually reflects that in Twitch. So I'm going to have to bust his chops about that. <laughs> Crichton, what are you doing, man? Oh, sir, I'm listening to the Garbage Pod. It's a podcast I found in the podosphere. Our podcasts are often full of transatlantic banter, as John Berger is in Pennsylvania, and I am on the other side of the pond in Hertfordshire. So we chat about the differences between the states and good old Blighty, which uncovers a few gems like these. Give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Is that the advert that you used to have in the states for Kit Kat? Yeah, you know. (laughs) This podcast is not sponsored by Hershey's. It's Nestle over here. I know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because if you look at Kit Kat and Rolos, it actually says on the back that it's licensed from Nestle, which I know I, I remember telling that to some Hershey's employees and they're like, what? Yeah, look in the back of it. They're like, what? That is so weird. It's like, well, both of those know. used to be Roundtree's Macintosh back in well, the I knew day. that they were British, yeah. but I didn't know the, the name specifically. Yeah, Roundtree's. Uh, like the Smarties. Which are now Nestle. Well, now wait. So who owns Round Trees now? Because I love their fruit gums. I'm addicted to their fruit gums. I think that's the only part of it that Round Trees kept. Huh. So they sold but, the chocolate but kept, like, the gummy stuff. Yeah. Hey, I'll be more than happy to keep them funded. <laughs> and then the, the the fruit gums and the ones that come in the little boxes, I think they're also fruit gums in a way. Uh, but fruit-shaped ones, yeah? Yeah. Oh, those are so good. Yeah, Expensive, that, but good. They are fruit gums as well. And you have fruit pastels as well, but, yeah. Eh, those are okay. They remind me too much of hard gums, <laughs> although hard gums are not hard. I don't know why that is. We have these, I don't know if it, what you'd call them out in the States. We call them American hard gums. But what does that mean? I don't know what that means, but that's what they're called here. <laughs> they're just American jellies. American hard gums? They're just jelly sweets with um, sugar coating, a bit like fruit pastels. Okay. That, uh, okay. <laughs> but they're called American. Weird. In the UK, they're called American hard gums. And they're soft. <laughs> okay. That, that okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I am at a loss. The thing is, you know, we, we, you, you were talking about Smarties on Facebook yep. not too long ago. Totally different. Totally different company. Well, you see, everything originally here, Smarties were round trees. And they tasted a lot better than they do <laughs> now that oh, they're Oh, they're not good. I tried some up when I was up in Canada. I was like, really? I'll take my M&M's, thanks. You see, we didn't get M&M's here until the late 80s. Uh-huh. So Smarties were the nearest thing we had to it. 
back in the day. And then you tried M&M's, figured, oh, my God, these Yanks at least have this kind of chocolate. Right, we're good. Which is really weird because who makes <laughs> who makes M&M's? It's Best Foods, that's, isn't that's it? It's M&M, Mars. M&M's Mars. Mars, yeah. Um, obviously, we've had Mars in this country for decades. I mean, probably since the 1920s, 30s. Yeah, but it's still been backwards because they've had Mars and Milky Way reversed in both of our countries. Mm. Milky Way over here is Mars over there. Milky Way over there is Mars over here. Yeah. It's like, what? I think it was the same with Skittles as well. We didn't get those till the late 80s. Those are good. Smarties were the nearest thing we had to them. The only ones that tasted good are the orange ones because the actual candy shell actually tastes of orange. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, I tried a box up in Canada. When I was up in Canada last year, I made sure to try as much stuff that had nothing to do with America as possible Mm -hmm. unless it really came down to it. And uh, yeah, I finally said, I'm going to try a box of Smarties. And then I was like, why did I bother trying this? But what you call Smarties, we have here, but they're called Fizzers. That sounds about right. I mean, just from the name of it. Mm-hmm. They come in a, a cellophane wrap. They're all individual inside the, the wrap, the tube. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, different kind of pastel color candies. Yeah, they're they're basically identical. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Weird, isn't it? And I can buy them at Amazon if I wanted to. <laughs> Actually, you can buy them directly from the, the company Swizzlers. They, they do like two kilos of them for about 20 quid. I thought two kilos of those, damn. You know, you'll be uh, you'll be on a sugar high after that. A pack of a hundred costs twenty eight bucks at Amazon. <laughs> I'd rather get my round tree fruit gums because those sell in packs of twelve. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what made me think of that? Somebody sent me uh, for for Christmas. The company that makes these fizzers, they also make things called. I, I think you have them, but they're slightly different. There, Love Hearts. Love Hearts. Uh. Mm. They're kind of the similar kind of candy, a little bit bigger. They've got hearts on them, and they've got little message like oh, "Be my Valentine" or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are those are horrible. As, as Vobes would say, it tastes like mouthwash. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't stand those. No, 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 yeah. no, no. They, they Ooh, fruit sense. gums are sold in 18 packs. I might have to grab another order. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about them. But yeah, it's, it's just this thing made me think of it because they, somebody sent me a box of all the sweets that they do. And they also do these ones which are in the same size packet as the fizzers, but they're called Palmer Violets. Oh man, they are vile. <laughs> they, taste of, they taste of violet, as in the, oh. the flower. Why? I have no idea. It's an old thing here. It's like rose water. Yeah, do you have that in the States? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, man. It's starting to get popular in desserts over here. Putting rose-flavored... Oh, why? No. Roma violets. Oh, my God. A violet... Fla- I don't even know what violets taste like. I don't want to find out now. Man, they taste like mothballs. Ew. <laughs> That's they look like mothballs. They taste like mothballs. Ew. <laughs> Luckily, I only had four packets of them in this tin, um, so now I've got to find someone who likes them. It doesn't even sound. I didn't even know Violet had a flavor. Yeah, it's yeah. Interesting. Well, when I say that it tastes like mothball, you know the smell of the smell of a mothball. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of this. If you, you could imagine what it would taste like, that's yeah, what it no would thanks. be. I'll pass. 
I'll take my fruit. I'll take jelly babies over that, and I don't like jelly babies either. Ah, uh, that's you're not Hoovian, that's why. It's not, it's not even that. I appreciate <laughs> Doctor Who, but I figured, you know what? I'm going to try it, and of course Amazon. And I was like, um, eh, nah. And then, you, and then you get covered in this powder. <laughs> well, you know, that just comes with the territory. I don't mind the powder. It was like, oh, didn't, it was the texture I didn't like because I was expecting it to be either a. You know, I was expecting it to be more like a gummy bear just from the name of it. Oh, yeah. But yeah, then, it, then like when, I, when I tried bear. it, I was like, well, it's kind of like a... It tastes more like the, the, the textures of a jelly bean that hasn't had a chance to fully grow. Yeah. It's like, nah. Do you know they do another version of them over here? Um, and instead of them being babies, they're old people. <laughs> and they're called geliatrics. <laughs> okay i'm sorry that's clever that's that's clever i still won't try them but that's clever <laughs> that, that sounds like a dad joke waiting to happen yeah i couldn't believe it when i saw the packet i thought man i, I love that <laughs> it's typically british so. how much of this bantering are you gonna leave in um i don't know actually could do <laughs> Spanhead Productions are a small, independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So we've come to the end of another fun episode. I hope you enjoyed your time with us, and if you did, check out some of our other content. So that leaves me with one thing left to say, and that's thanks for listening, stay safe, and happy International Podcast Day. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of The Garbage Pod. Be sure to visit thegarbagepod.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. If you want to get in touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com where your input is our output. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and tune in. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. The Garbage Pod is a Spam Head production.